Good morning and welcome to episode 14 of Burn After Pitching, the Pitch Podcast. This is a roundtable podcast where creators, podcasters, comedians, writers, and people with just really nice voices are challenged to pitch their ideas on a theme or property or abstract concept, and we either build them up or tear them down for fun. Your host for this episode is me, Michael Tanner, co-creator and writer of Junior Braves of the Apocalypse. On the panel today, we have some great guests. We have writer, game designer, creator of Adventure Snack. Jeffrey Golden. Hello, everybody. And also joining us, actor, comedian, writer of things like episodes of Thundercats Roar, Leslie Cena. Hello. And with me always, my co-host, Andy Nordball. Hello. How is everyone doing during this quarantine time? Oh, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> we're all, we're all yeah. good. We're doing good. We're here. I mean. We're here. We're here. Yeah, yeah. we're still here. <laughs> We're still We're kicking. Alive. Yeah. Still breathing. It's still the little breathing. victories like life that keeps yeah. us all going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got to savor those little victories. Yeah. Like uh, uh, sometimes in Animal Crossing, there are new fish. That's great. They don't, <laughs> exactly. It's not always the same fish. Sometimes you, you wake up, you turn it on, and you play, and it's like, hey, we've got salmon now. It's like, oh, thank you. Thank you, game. I appreciate the salmon. I love it. It says it looks wow. tasty. I am keeping I this really angry cat alive. <laughs> well, we're talking about fish. I understand how the, the cat is excited about the talk of salmon. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry. I triggered. Sorry. I triggered <laughs> yeah, he's pissed right now. I don't know. He's just standing on a little cart just meowing at Enough him. with this fish talk. <laughs> Uh, I, on a far darkier note, I think I'm running out of places in World of Warcraft to explore. So, uh, oh no, that. yeah. What do you do? Can you do? You, what about taking up a new World of Warcraft hobby? Like, can you like start like sewing or like rock there or like being a mercenary or something? Like, you is can there, do all these um, different things in the game, right? Is there baking in World of Warcraft? There is cooking. Yeah, there really? is cooking. Could you open really a cottage boring. bakery in World of Warcraft? <laughs> Can I open up my own locally sourced? No, you can't. It's just you like collect stuff and there then you cook. Be... Sourdough. Everyone was making sourdough. We should Wait, open oh, yeah. up a Warcraft sourdough Wait, bakery. What's the name of it? Is it Az- Azagoth? What's the name of Azeroth. it? Azeroth. Azeroth. It should be, there should be the great Azeroth baking Bake show. Off. Bake <laughs> Off. The great Azeroth Bake Off. Yeah. That's, that would be so good. I want to see. I want to see World of Warcraft uh, characters making cool, uh, making cool items. Making what are they? Fish and finger pies, or they, you oh, know? yeah, yeah. giant ogres with their lovely croissants, Some derby <laughs> cakes. Uh, have a Paul Hollywood shake your hand <laughs> with a, or maybe a magic spell because we can't shake hands. Um, who, uh, who would? Yeah, who would the host be? It's got to be two famous. World of Warcraft characters or like semi-famous World of Warcraft characters? I Who's in the movie? I don't know I don't enough. Know. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Yeah, maybe yeah. someone from the guild. Oh, great. Oh, oh yeah. It's who's it? Uh, you know. Felicia uh, Day. Felicia, Felicia Day hosts it. Great. Well, yeah. we did it. We we needed to we come st- up with a pitch, right? <laughs> there we yeah. go. And, uh, <laughs> I thank you for joining us on episode 14. We'll see you next month. Good night, Internet. Part, if, you're, uh, if you're cake or your bread comes out flat, you get respawned really, really far away from the show. <laughs> oh boy, here goes the cat again. 
Yeah. Yeah. The cat, the cat loves baked goods too. That sounds great. Well, if that doesn't work, I might need to start Animal Crossing. Just you know, for saying it. It's it's very calming. It's very easy and calming. I've heard. Yeah, my kids are it. doing it. Yeah. Your kids, they got the right idea. <laughs> Play Animal oh, Crossing yeah. a lot. Of course, they're ahead of the curve of me. Yeah. Like uh, I'm. I'm well, still. Oh yeah. Oh, that's that's the thing about Animal Crossing is that like everybody feels like they're losing, even though there's no win condition, because you see what other people do in Animal Crossing, and it's like, oh, I, I'm I'm playing the game wrong somehow. Like I, 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 it's that's Los my Angeles. life. So yeah, why do I need that? Yeah, <laughs> their fake life is better than my fake life. <laughs> So it makes us feel better about our real life. Yeah. It well. Yeah. I guess that's. I guess that's the trick. I think that's. Yeah. Uh, well, well, for me, it's like, oh, these people, these these little characters, all can go outside and they can talk to each <laughs> other up close, and they can have a birthday party together, and every, you know, it's like, oh, that's that's way better. That's way better than now. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Yeah. I'm feeling much better about <laughs> life things. Sure. But enough okay. about that. Let's yeah, get yeah. into our pitches. So it. we gave, this is a great transition. We gave yeah. Andy and our panelists two topics to prepare ahead of time. Uh, this is our October episode, so things will get a little bit spooky later. Uh, but for our first pitch, we have all fallen in love with Netflix's new game show, The Floor is Lava. So that made us think, what other kids' games could be adapted into the game show format? So who would like to go first? Uh, I'll go first. All right. The floor is yours. Okay, great. Is it also lava? <laughs> it's, the lava is, is yours. <laughs> the floor is lava is yours. Well, I, I so, uh, yeah, in the tradition of the floor is lava and wipeout, I want to do something action-packed. Uh, so just to get a, uh, just to ask you guys real quick, what's the most violent action packed sport in America today? If you had to, you had to pick one. Roller UFC. derby. Roller derby. You said, U what did you U say, Michael? UFC. You said UFC. Great. Leslie, you want to venture a guess? Of uh, the most violent sport? Most violent action packed sport in America today. Sumo? Sumo. Listen, one of you is probably right, but the game I'm talking about. <laughs> It's Punch Buggy. Now, you, are, you, oh. are you all familiar? I, I take it by your laughter that you are all familiar with Punch Buggy. Maybe, mm -hmm. uh, maybe you had an older brother uh, who <laughs> traveled with you in the car on a long road trip and who would punch you randomly in the back seat when, uh, when he saw a VW bug and said, Punch Buggy, no punchbacks. And then you couldn't punch him back until you saw Punch Buggy. It's it's hard hitting. It's action packed. <laughs> and now Punch Buggy's deadlier than ever. This is bugging <laughs> out where one lucky winner will go home with four thousand dollars and the bugging out trophy. Here's how it works. OK, so here's here's the pitch. Here's how you do it. It's Twelve contestants. <laughs> They're paired up. So we have three rounds of play. The first round is Punch Buggy Classic. Players are paired off in the back seats of cars. NASCARs going 200 <laughs> miles per hour. Whoever can land the most blows in the back seat in 50 laps moves on to round two. In round two, it's Highway Edition. So the players are paired off in back seats of cars on the highway. The cars have no doors. 
<laughs> the aim is to punch your opponent so hard they fly out of the car and onto a highway full of VW bugs. So there's constant, constant punching. <laughs> Only it's gonna be the the players are gonna get squished, not the not the bugs. The players are gonna get squished. Listen, survivors advance to round three. Round three is the final round. So at this point, we start with twelve. Then we go to six. Finally, two remain. Punch buggy airborne. The final two players are in a helicopter flying 50 feet above the highway. Players, <laughs> must, players must use onboard telescopes to spot the buggy before hitting. So this isn't the highway full of VW bugs. This is one where VW bugs come in sporadically. So it's a strategy as well. You have to be keen with your eyes as well as quick to punch. So the aim is to punch your opponent out of the helicopter. But, but... If your opponent falls and there was no VW bug, no one wins the $4,000. And that jackpot prize goes directly to the executive producer, who in this case is myself. This is bugging out, the world of bugging out. <laughs> A great new game show. What do we, what do we think, folks? Did I sell? I, I love Green it. Light? I am, I'm yeah. sold. I'm also I'm fascinated that it's Punch Buggy because we grew up playing Slug Bug. So is that what is a slug, what is slug, slug bug? Slug bug is exactly the same. Okay, it's great. Just, it must be a regional, like pop and soda. Like, oh yes, mm -hmm. I'm in so a where does the where's the slug come country. in? Because you slug, like you're, you're hitting you them. Slug, so like right, slug, right. Yeah. The slug, slug bug. bug. Yes, and so okay, so so we're gonna have to do different graphics packages and announcing packages regionally. So we're gonna have to have the announcers dub it in two different ways. We're gonna have East to have Coast, some localization done. Right. I don't know. I grew up on the East Coast. I believe it was Punch Buggy. And we had pop as well. And and that was weird. People found that. Wait, what? Yeah. We had East pop Coast and soda. soda. Hmm. This, is, uh, region, this is Great Lakes region. Uh, oh. We had pop. And when I went to school in Boston and I said pop, people would make fun of me. What are you talking <laughs> about? There's no such thing as pop. There's no such word as pop, they would say. Do you mean popcorn? I would say no. <laughs> this is a very sad day for me. Do people think you were from the Midwest? They, uh, I guess, it, yeah, I've heard that it's also a Midwest thing, too, saying pop. I, yeah, I had a friend in college. Talking. He was very, very from Cleveland, and he said pop. Mm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm from Montana. In Montana, we, we used to, we said pop. I have since adopted soda because I thought that was the cool way to say it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm being alternate. Uh, I could say soda, but then I just discovered that that's what most of the rest of the country calls it. But yeah, I, I grew up saying pop. I was shamed into soda. I think I'm going to go back to pop. I think I'm going back to pop. Well, in the South, isn't it like all sodas it's Coke. or Coke? It's yeah, like, everything it's Coke. Is Coke. Do you want a Coke? Is, do you want Pepsi or Coke? Do you want a Coke? Right. Either of those are Cokes. Yeah. <laughs> Which must infuriate Pepsi. Uh, James Pepsi. CEO James Pepsi. Well, what about oh, Dr. Pepper? He didn't go to Soda Medical School for eight years to be called Coke. This is a, this is a very good point. Oh he man, he did a lot of Coke to get through that medical school. But that's <laughs> yeah, because I wonder we're going to find out. Like he was. Yeah, was he a doctor of soda or a doctor of pop? I, I wonder if like we'll find out once we do this show. Like in Prince Edward Island, it's called Slap Compact or something. Like there's. One little weird section where it's like it's, it's called not. a 
poke vokes poke vokes you give them a a poke when you when you see a vokes (laughs) yeah i guess we could do in theory we could do uh and then around the world you know we're gonna have you know uh mercedes maulings and we'll we'll have uh (laughs) damage that's a damage. Yeah. Wait, so uh, well, are the contestants going to be strangers or related? Like, would you ever have a family well, edition where the kids are actually related? I think, first of all, there will be a family edition, but I don't think that will be the uh, that will be the focus of the casting. Mm-hmm. I think the mm-hmm. casting is going to be is going to look for a mix of like UFC fighters, football players, and like school bullies. Yeah, like former school bully. Like, oh wait, people, oh, this is not going to be done by children. Uh, no, this will be done by adults. Okay, uh, I think you, you know, lost Leslie. She wanted the kids on the highway. You yeah. wanted to, you want to kill some kids. My, my next question was, who's driving? <laughs> yeah, well, in the first round, NASCAR drivers. Okay, in the NASCAR round. In the second round for the highway, it's professional stunt drivers, and in the third round for helicopter driver for helicopter pilots, it is helicopter pilots. Listen, we have to get the insurance to do this, yeah. and so it's already going to be a logistical nightmare. So we better have yeah. the actual helicopter. It's, this pilots. isn't ba- battle of the. This isn't like battle of the celebrity helicopter pilots. <laughs> no, no, although oh, if that's what you're pitching, I am very excited. Because <laughs> It is what I am pitching now. <laughs> we got to have Harrison Ford as one of them. Harrison Ford, <laughs> Governor Chris, Chris former pilot, New Jersey Governor Harrison Chris Ford. Christie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking Tom Cruise because he would demand to learn how to fly that helicopter. Yeah. Oh, so you guys are getting much bigger celebrities than I is. I think I'm. I'm thinking of like Dancing with the Stars. Oh. We got that Netflix money. Kelly, we Kelly can Clarkson. get big stars. Well, We're get Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get... Scott Baio. I want to throw Scott Baio on the highway. Absolutely. I would would pay good money. One of the Queer Eye guys. One of them. Wait, the first one or the second one? Uh, uh, They could go head to head. There you go. Who's the better? What was the better show? The one who looks like on the new one. And then, um, I don't know, the one who's on Food Food Network one. Oh, Food Network. (laughs) Okay, great. Rachel Ray. It's Ted Allen. Ted right? Allen. From Chopped. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. That's right. I love it. All right. So we've got Punch Buggy. Yeah, which bugging, is, out. Bugging, bugging out. out. Bugging out. Bugging out. Punch Buggy, the game show. Punch Buggy, the game show. Otherwise known as Slug Bug, the game show, depending on where you're from. Depending. Region dependent. Region dependent. <laughs> uh, I think that's a very strong contender. Uh, but Andy, Leslie, let's hear from either of you. Who would like to go next? Well, I'll go next. Um, okay. I took that prompt a little differently. I thought it was a game show for children. Well, I'll allow it. Okay. All right. So the one that I came up with is called Why is This Funny? <laughs> and it's a it's a it's a show where you try to get children to tell you a joke that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> You'll give them like us. You'll give them a subject, you'll give them like a name or something and they just have to go. <laughs> and you just the t- the clock just keeps running down until you ding because you understand why something was funny. And then for the grand prize, they tell you why they think it's funny. <laughs> and if it matches, you get a shopping spree. Nice. Ooh. Ooh. Are we bringing back the a Toys R Us style super toy run? Oh, don't I mean, get me started. I, see, I feel like that would overshadow the rest of the show. But I mean, if it sure, if people want to watch that, I'm fine with that. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, let's make it some. 
they get uh they get a shopping spree at the Upright Citizens Brigade gift shop. Where <laughs> <laughs> they can get a lot of like pride hoodies that say UCB on it, and then Matt a copy Messer, of Matt Messer DVDs. <laughs> yeah, the Freak Dance DVD and yeah. some stickers, and then a copy of the book, that big book. That I was gonna go Amazon Warehouse, but maybe we'll do UCB. <laughs> Amazon Warehouse is a good oh, shopping God. spree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fascinating. That's... So you're so... just grabbing boxes that have already been packed, so you don't know what you're going to get. You just grab it yeah. based on the box size. There's no, yeah, and there, there's no rhyme or reason to how they're organized. So you could get you could get an Xbox, you could get a scarf. Yeah, that's like having supermarket sweep done by children in a Costco, like during an earthquake. Like that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Leslie, do uh, do the kids get up on like a stand up style stage? Is there like a brick wall in the background and like with a microphone? Definitely, set up? like there's a stool for sure. There might Good. be a stool to get up to the stool, <laughs> Great. depending on the height of the, the height. child. And right. yeah, they get a little brick wall and they have to tell you <laughs> their joke about daisies or puppies or whatever. And then there's just like a long pause, and then the three judges <laughs> who are parents have to buzz in when they think they get it <laughs> so there's no there's no audience outside of the three things so they they say this these jokes to almost complete and total silence as the parents yeah. figure figure out what uh what they're talking about uh that that's one way you could do it another thing is you could have all of the parents be on the phone or trying to do something else i was thinking time. they could be driving <laughs> they could be driving yeah. that's true uh yeah and then um and I guess I was thinking like for like a lightning round, it would be something kind of like make a poop joke that makes sense that just doesn't put the word poop at the end of the joke. <laughs> well, that'd be the holy awesome. grail. Kids that's the holy grail. Like that's like a that's like a champion of champions kind of thing. Yeah. First of all, you try to get the kids to say the word poop and not just stop and just that's the whole joke. They just laugh and then fall yep. off the stool, which is common. <laughs> so and in that way, it is like wipeout. <laughs> Um, and yeah, but if they can get a coherent joke out of a child, uh, that not only they understand, but you're, you're like an adult would understand. I mean, that's just like, that's crazy. If multiple children have coherent jokes, mm -hmm. do they have to come up with another joke? Is there a joke off of some kind? Is there, is there, are there tiebreakers? Are there rounds? Yes. So let's say like, like, yeah. So if two kids come up with a coherent joke, um, uh, then <laughs> I and I understand, by the way, this would be a very rare occurrence. It would be very, very rare. It yes. never happened in the show, but in, the, in case it does. Then you go, you, you save that to, for sweeps. Okay. Then you get to the roast round. Ooh. <laughs> well, we got to keep Jeff Ross away from the kids, though. Let's yeah, just yeah, put no. that right out now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we could do anything, anything from, like, a Yo Mama joke to, like, but they've got to they've gotta do a joke about the other person that actually makes some sort of sense from a joke perspective <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of like you're ugly and they can't yeah. like be like and i mean like i guess at that point they bring in george wallace as a guest judge oh yeah we have to talk yes. about the guest judge we have to talk about the judges who are the who are the judges i think you need one judge who's like a 20 something who doesn't know anything about kids because that's who's really bad yeah. with yeah. kids yes who doesn't yeah. know that you just go oh yeah and then uh -huh. what happened mm -hmm. uh-huh yeah. yeah okay very, very serious 20-something who does not plan to have children. Let's see. I don't know. Yeah. A parent of some sort. I don't know if you, you can't have the parents of the actual children, but like a, a, somebody who has kids or like, oh, I don't know, like maybe like an elementary school teacher. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And then actually, yeah, the third judge should always be George Wallace. 
<laughs> I love that. Yep. I think Marie Kondo would be an amazing judge for this show. Why is that, Andy? Yeah. Well, she's someone who's always trying to make order out of out of yeah. our lives, especially with kids. And, you know, kids' jokes, you just sort of have to abandon the entire concept of order. I so of... I would get to see her flail, and that would spark joy with me. Although it would be kind of great if she turned out to be like a comedy savant kind of person, like a really good punch-up person. She'd be like... <laughs> I think you can like just like get rid of two words and you just like mm, perfect. Yeah. Ooh, you don't need to I say very. You don't need to say very, very but ugly because mm. when you, but ugly by itself is very funny. So you just like every episode, she'd have to explain to like a six-year-old that the punchline should come together at the end. Yes. <laughs> and Preferably you don't have on to say. Word. And you don't have to say. Do you want to hear something funny to introduce yeah, a joke? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to hear my joke? You're already here. Yes. <laughs> i've already bought in I'm, I'm a captive audience all right kids telling jokes and attempting to be uh coherent about it i like this i like this game show concept all right andy what do you got for us well we've had the game show with adults we've had the game show with kids but i want to have adults versus kids Ooh. And instead of one rule, instead of one game, I want to put them all. I got my show is called Playground Rules. Parents <laughs> right. versus kids in a variety of classic playground games. Sometimes we might put some little game show twists on them, but it'll be fun just to see, you know, where do the kids excel? Where do the adults excel? Like some of them, Red Rover. Well, that's that's just a, a, a matter of mass. The adults are going to dominate that. Dodgeball. Who knows? Adults have better throwing arms, but kids are, they're way faster and they're a smaller target. And vicious. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I'm looking forward to, I think uh, I, I have to have the, the pillow fort edition where the kids and adults each build their own pillow forts and then try to knock them down with some uh, cushion cannons. So, you know, every week it's a different team, maybe uh, five kids versus five adults. And every time it's a new game, freeze tag, musical chairs, Four square, skin the snake. Just, you know, every little game that you played as a kid, except now you're playing against kids. So, you know, that's my short and sweet, but yeah, my pitch, Great. playground rules. Yeah. What's uh, what's skin the snake? Skin the snake. That's an interesting one because it's one where you have like a line of kids or in this case, kids or adults. And one, the, the one in the back has to climb through the, like, crawl through the legs of all the other people. Oh, I know. Which I got to think is going to be hell for adults. So that's, you know, if you got if you got the kids winning, you can throw that in as a curveball to really challenge, you know. You don't want to make it too easy for the adults. Is, is uh, along those lines, is there any handicapping for, uh, for the adults? You know, in some games, they would have a, a severe advantage uh, strength-wise. You know, mm -hmm. like maybe they all have to like olive oil their hands before right over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or I hadn't thought of that, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. I think if it's Nickelodeon, we definitely handicap the adults. So, for the pinata, it's like four feet higher for the adults, so they got to jump. You know. So you said or, playground rules. Like, will there be rule changes like partway through? Will there be arbitrary, uh, you know, challenges? Yeah, just one kid deciding. Okay, now everyone has to only use their left hand, just mm -hmm. arbitrarily. Yeah. Like that. Mm -hmm. Well, at our I like school, that. we I, do it I this went, way. Yeah, well, I went back and forth because the thing I remember most distinctly about playing games in the playground is a good 
70% of it is arguing over what the rules are in the playground. Mm. Oh. So yeah, maybe we could add a little like, you know, we'll have our Judge Judy type come out and like argue over what the rules should be to make it fair. And that's good because yeah, then the kids can think like, how do we make it harder for the adults? Or like, yeah, the maybe doc- there's like, that's sort of the, the, the sub game, the sort of strategic sub game. It's like trying to alter and change the rules to your favor uh yeah. throughout that could be there could be yeah some uh survivor-esque machiavelli uh sort of tactics that one could use on the playground that's good because i think it would give a real chance for the sneaky kids to shine and mm-hmm. you know they they don't they don't get enough they don't get enough you know credit these days the sneaky kids because so know, is it- your team wants some strong kids some fast kids and then some real weasels yeah, yeah, some real sons of bitches on that yeah. team. <laughs> End of every episode, we will have the Eddie Haskell Award for whoever played the best. <laughs> These are the kind of kids who are like, I have every Nintendo game, and you're like, Really, you have every Nintendo game? They're like, Yes, I do. And they're you'll at never my be dad's able to house. Prove it because they're at my dad's house, who lives in Paraguay. <laughs> but I go visit him every single weekend. So every weekend. <laughs> I play, he, works I, I the yeah. he works for the government, which has a contract with Nintendo. So yes. I have Super Mario Brothers 4. <laughs> it's so much well, better. Well, there's the other sneaky kid that like knows that like this kid has an older brother who can buy it for them. And then they can play in this basement because the mom never comes down there. You know, like think of all the unhealthy food we weren't allowed to eat that we were only able to eat because we had that one sneaky friend. Or the movies we weren't supposed to watch, which we yep. could watch. Oh, yeah. That's true. Now, uh, uh, maybe that... so just to understand the logistics here, is it two always two teams, parent team, kid team, or are there multiple parent teams and multiple kid teams? It doesn't sound like there's any mixing of parents and kids because it's a versus scenario. I'm thinking it's the kids versus the adults, yeah. As two... Massive two groups. Teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which groups. is great because you will have some kids with their parents on the other team, like trying to, you know, like, come on, remember, I make you those sandwiches you like. And, you know, oh, you pulling add a the guilt rate? strings. Like up top, yeah. where each of the kids and each of the parents has to pick their team. Oh, oh my gosh. Mm, the drama. So uh, you start with like 20 adults and 20 kids, but you're really going to get down to like five or six. So the first round is just them. Oh, man. That crushing hearts. Yeah. That scares me a little bit because, you know, it's <laughs> like, oh, my firstborn child, I love you. But, you know, Hector's a little more spry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's <laughs> got more meat on those arms. I think yeah. that'd be better at dodgeball. Yeah, I hear you. You got to Listen, uh, you got to play to win. You know, but you got to put your parental duties aside here. Yeah, I, about I think that's what it. happens if Mark Burnett uh, <laughs> uh, produces the game. He'll be like, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Playground rules. Playground rules. Okay. Uh, Leslie and, and Jeffrey, uh, sometimes on this show, we call it host privilege, where the host will either pitch on it also or not pitch. Uh, okay. I do have a pitch for this one. Uh, and I decided to go with hide and seek. Danger edition. So we all know hide and seek. It's pretty typical kids game. But how could we heighten that into a game show? I decided the best way would be to make it hide and seek in very dangerous locations. So 
it's the game show is it has two rounds. First round is always different. First round, it's either in, you know, like in abandoned tenement building with lots of rats. Got to play hide and seek. We have a hider. We have a seeker. Uh, or, you know, like um active refinery, like someplace where you should not be hiding, you should not be seeking. But round two is always the same location, and it's a building on fire. <laughs> so the hider has to hide in a place that has an oxygen tank. And there's oxygen tanks hidden all around. So they have a place. it's on fire. It's on fire, so well, there's also that element of danger. But you need to be well, able plus- to breathe. <laughs> the one thing you want in a burning building is hidden oxygen tanks. Is more oxygen tanks. Oh, <laughs> is wherever yeah, you're not oh. hiding. Oh, Smart. maybe that place gets a little bit more fire. And we have more explosions. Heighten the drama, the tension. Because the prize is only 500 bucks. And like maybe, I'll, I'll go, I like helicopters. So we'll go helicopter tour of Los Angeles. We'll say that's, that's the prize. <laughs> oh, okay, great. By a celebrity. Yeah, by a celebrity <laughs> pilot, Harrison Ford. Noted so horrible much, pilot Harrison Ford. There's uh, so much cross promotional potential with this. Yeah, with it's gonna show, it's gonna fill the streaming yeah. services. <laughs> yeah, and and so that hide and seek danger edition in a burning building. That is my kids game game show pitch. All right, we have heard three amazing pitches and my pitch. Audience, I hope you like them. Tweet at us. Give us a like, follow, whatever. But now we've got. The midpoint of the show. Tyler, producer Tyler, can you return to us? Howdy. How's it going, everybody? Good, good. good. Do you you have a surprise pitch for us? I have a surprise pitch for you guys. I just got off the phone with Joe Dante, and Joe Dante has been really pushing Gremlins 3 for the longest time, and he thinks that Halloween is the time to strike. We need Gremlin candy. I need you guys to tell me what you think your pitch is for Gremlin candy. All right, we are going to take... A minute, which I will edit out. And we're back after that ever so brief pause. We are tasked with pitching a gremlin Halloween candy. Which of our panelists would like to go first? I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Okay. Everybody, you know, with a candy bar based on a movie prop, based on a property, you want to really get to the essence of what everybody loves about the property you want the candy to reflect it and so uh i would pitch to joe dante gremlin rules candy because <laughs> the one thing that everybody loves about gremlins are the rules the three rules that you have with gremlins yeah so they they're like gross looking green chunky nougat candy bars but with <laughs> some extra chemicals that have some make some interesting reactions so uh if you if you stuff other food into the candy bar, <laughs> the candy bar spawns little ver- like little minis of its of the of that uh-huh. bar. So like little mini versions of the bar. If you get the mini versions of the bar wet, they grow into the full size versions of the candy bar. And if you expose them to light, they turn to ash. And uh, there's a warning on it that you're not supposed to eat them due to toxic chemicals. <laughs> it's very bad for you to eat, uh, but fun to play with. So that's my that's my pitch for a gre- gremlin rules. I love the Gremlins idea of candy. Rule. Yeah, now with extra chemicals. 
<laughs> I, I love it. I was thinking, I was like, oh, this is one of those great things where it was invented to be candy, but it's real world practical applications are numerous until you got to the part where it turns to ash when the sunlight hits it and it's it, full of chemicals and you can't eat it. You can't like, oh, eat it. So wait, so then do you eat it in a, do you open it in a dark room? Yes. This is the candy that's meant to be eaten in shame in dark because <laughs> you're not supposed to eat it to begin with. So, and you can't eat it outdoors. So okay, you so eat the, it quietly by yourself. It's a ritual. You put the red light bulb into your closet and then you just like, ah. <laughs> and then when, once you finished it, that's when you can see at the bottom where it says, do not eat. It's written, you know how when sometimes candy bars had, they would have like sweepstakes and you opened up the packaging. That's yeah. where it's, that's where it has the warning of mm. do not eat. So it's after you after you've eaten it, yeah. You look at the wrapper. It's like, oh, it says "do not eat." Uh oh. After the knock knock joke, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, who would like to go next? I got one. Uh, yeah, so I was thinking, um, Gremlins Kitchen Friends. So they would be like gummy versions of household appliances, like blenders and microwaves and fridges things like that and uh and if you basically if you suck on them long enough eventually you're gonna or you can tear them open too if you're an impatient child um you're gonna get to the hard kind of scaly center which is gonna be a little gremlin just trapped inside and they'll be like they'll be like really hard and sugary and and uh brittle like a Flintstone vitamin. Like a Flintstone a vitamin <laughs> inside of a marshmallow. Oh, cool. I am on board. I like that. It sounds delectable. <laughs> it's, uh, I like the the different, uh, what is it, the, 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 the texture profiles. It's uh, really appealing. I mean, maybe you could also have, I mean, you could, you could go all the way out to the living room and stuff like that and like have a little TV or something. But whatever <laughs> it is, it's got a gremlin trapped in it. <laughs> you'd have a phone and it would have like the electric gremlin from gremlins 2 yeah. <laughs> I, I love it all right andy I'm, what do you got well kind of building on what the other uh or what our other panel said i was thinking like a gremlin gobstopper which looks like a normal gobstopper until you put it in your mouth and get it wet and then it starts shooting out just all these little gummy gremlins you know and the more wet you get it the more gummy gremlins you get so like it's it. like a whole bunch of them inside one candy I think, yeah, I think we got the technology to do this. That's going to be Correct. really disturbing. Yeah, I, I I agree. It's in your mouth. It's like, yeah. it's like imagining like it would been a Godstopper and then all of a sudden just your mouth like starts filling with gummies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Pop Rocks. Instead of a pop, though, it's an actual But they're huge, but they're gummy. like, yeah. yeah, like gummy bears are huge. It sounds like pop a really... Rocks, little things are like tiny. Like there's gummy bears are like pretty big by comparison. So like if you're the kid who just stuffs a whole bunch in your mouth, that is a horror movie right there. Yeah, you're, right. it's a choking hazard. It's a major choking hazard. Because <laughs> the gummies will go down, will coat your throat. Will come, coat or they'll, like, your they'll throat. come out your nose. They'll like come out your eyes. And just, oh, Jesus. Wow, way to ruin a candy, Andy. Jeez. Well, wait, maybe the only cure is Jeffrey's candy. So that's how we sell that one. Oh, it turns, ooh. It's the it, chemical that dissolves the dissolves them, yeah. Liquid sunshine, we'll call it. <laughs> All right, so we got our gremlin candies. Producer Tyler, can you can you send the tape of this recording to Mr. Dante himself so he can get things rolling? Absolutely, I'm sending the carrier pigeon, and uh, we'll, we'll hear back in a couple days. 
Does Thank you very Joe much. Dante does Joe Dante only speak via carrier pigeon? Yeah. That, I, I, I'm curious about that. Sometimes he, he sends a guy named Todd. I mean, he's a little off-putting. Okay. I, prefer, I prefer the pigeons, but, you yeah. know. You, you, oh, great. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 well, who, wants to talk to a, who wants to talk to a boring guy? Yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? Uh. I mean, who wants to talk to a Todd? That's just such a... Who like wants a, to talk to Todd? Yeah, that's just a generic yeah. name that I, that I made up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Bye, producer Tyler. Thank you for that amazing Gremlins candy pitch, everyone. Now it's time for our showstopper, the main event, the reason we're all here for our October episode, our Halloween animated episode or special pitch. We all loved Garfield Halloween. We all loved the Great Pumpkin Caper. Wait, what's that thing? The Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown? That's what it's called. Not yeah, the Great Pumpkin Caper. It's the Great it's the Pumpkin. Pumpkin Takes Manhattan. The Pumpkin Takes uh, Manhattan. Uh, the real Ghost Pumpkins. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So, we have tasked our panelists with pitching an animated Halloween special. Who would like to go first? I'll go. All right. Leslie. All right. All right. Um, so, I was thinking, let's head back to the classics and have... It's a Zoom Halloween, Charlie Brown. <laughs> uh, where you can see the whole gang at once, simultaneously, <laughs> trying to have a party separately. <laughs> the um, do you ever get uh, do you ever get shots where you focus on one and then you focus the other, focus the other, or is it always the like the twenty the of, of all the of all the characters all the time? No, they'll definitely like be they'll definitely like break out like like the, who, the speaker or and sometimes there'll be something like, you know some of them live together so like there'll be Linus and Lucy like one of them could be in the background doing something or Snoopy tends to walk in and out. Uh, I think that Snoopy should sort of walk in and out of ones that don't make sense for him to be in. Yeah, uh, I like but, that. Uh, I also like I also like Snoopy coming in with different characters. So it's like Snoopy comes out, goes out. You know, the Red Baron comes in. You know, yeah, Red yeah, Baron Joe goes cool. out. Joe Cool comes in. You know, so we get a lot mm. of different different Snoops. There be should should be a bit where they do a song kind of like in the Charlie Brown Christmas, but they can't sync it up because they're all on Zoom. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh or, or the other um thing I was thinking, like it's got like well, it's got like an educational thing. Well, first of all, kids will have to stay in and watch this instead of having an actual Halloween. And it, may, it won't make them miss it because the Halloween that they have will kind of suck. <laughs> They're like all bob for apples, like in their individual houses so like you know yeah <laughs> one bucket one apple one bucket kid. one apple yeah or maybe of course it'll do... go poorly for charlie brown oh oh yeah oh. what if it maybe they all have like buckets full of apples but they have to tell each other when the other one has <laughs> gotten an apple and then they have to take that apple out so it's less so it's like they're I... they're doing like a real it's almost like a real time you know streaming sort of a thing you know sort of a thing I think no matter what happens, Charlie Brown always gets a rock. <laughs> My apple's a rock. Ouch. Good grief. <laughs> I got an apple. I got an apple. I got an apple. I got a rock. <laughs> Maybe so is there could... an overall plot? It just takes place over like a Halloween party over one night. Um, I don't know. Would you like it? Is it kind of a reboot in that? Would you just do the beats from... Uh, 
uh, the Great Pumpkin? Like, would there be a? I mean, like, how would you do the Great Pumpkin? No, I think the like, Great Pumpkin comes in on the Zoom. Yeah, I think also, yeah, Great Pumpkin joins. Linus is like is like waiting for the Great Pumpkin to join, and it's like I gave him the Zoom link. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. You can, do we have to put a password on on this Charlie Brown? Because I don't know if the Great Pumpkin was gonna want to put in a password. You know, he's very. Uh, you know, I don't know if he can even type. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is you can barely click the link. It's like, listen, if he's real, he'll be able to. He'll be able but to do he, this. It's very is he, simple. Is it kind of like, is he everywhere at once? Like, so that like, they all <laughs> see him? Like, there's a shadow that falls over each square, like a big pumpkin shaped shadow. And they're like, ah, and then like it just cuts to black. I oh, think so. It's I like that, that horror movie. Yeah. Ooh. I was going to say we could have like Linus is on there, but he has to sign off for a minute to like go to the bathroom. Oh, and then that's when the great pumpkin, pumpkin comes, pumpkin comes <laughs> in. Right. Oh. Listen, Linus is just trying to keep the magic alive. Well, can you blame? Can you blame him? He wants a little call that's really sincere. Yeah, I guess. Will there be a chat? Oh, maybe for when people watch this, there's like a interactivity thing where they can all go on and see the chat, like a two screen experience. They can watch it, but then like to follow the chat where there's there could be like a whole other storyline going on in the, like uh-huh. the chat feature. I like that a lot. I also like if maybe. We've got it's like done. It's like airing live, like uh, WWE Thunderdome, yeah. and they put like in addition to the character squares, there's also like real kids, like live from like mm-hmm. other places, like like beaming in at like points where <laughs> the characters aren't saying much. So just yeah. like the, like a yeah. kid could just come in and be like, "Oh, hey, Charlie Brown, hey, everybody," um, and that kid gets gets the thrill of being part of a Peanuts special. That's right. Yeah. It'd be good if like everybody had to say their name in a terribly dubbed way. Hey, <laughs> wah, Robbie. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> It'd also be cool the kids get on, you know, to tell you like the great pumpkin is right behind you, Linus. What? But because of the lag, it always comes too late. Oh no. But there should be like a big oh. dance sequence for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> because dance parties still work. Yeah. Yes. They do and and uh yeah, they're pretty great. What's okay, like- so original song or monster mash? Which is the only Halloween dance song? That or Thriller? Ooh, the Peanuts Kids dancing to Thriller would be that would be good. awesome. I mean, I don't oh, know yeah. who would be able to afford that, but no. I would. No, I that. I feel like because there's precedent for this in uh, it's Flash Beagle Charlie Brown, mm-hmm. uh, which is something I have seen and enjoyed in in my life. Uh, I believe I, I had that on cassette. Yeah, absolutely. I had we had it taped off TV. And I also had the, I don't know if you're referring to cassettes in the audio cassette. The I soundtrack, I, yes. Yeah, I also oh. had the audio cassette of uh, Flash Beagle. Yes. And uh, yeah, anyway, they do a sort of a, 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 an homage to the soundtrack to, uh, to, Flash, to Dance. Flash Dance. Yeah, so I think there would be, it would be an original thriller. Be like, you know. Because this is pig pen. It's pig pen time. <laughs> but they, they cannot Dusting break up the room. <laughs> they can't what break any like do? movement things that they already can do. Like they can't move move in ways that the characters can't move. So mm-hmm. them trying to do the thriller dance on its own is going to be interesting looking. Well, there's the one guy who keeps doing like this. That's yeah. pretty thrillerish. Yeah. Sorry to the podcast listeners, but the one where he's like he's got his shoulders way up and he's like bopping <laughs> one way than the other. Yeah. <laughs> that's like halfway to thriller. <laughs> that's yes, absolutely. It's halfway to thriller. thriller. 
We're <laughs> we're almost limited in animation. Got us halfway where we need to go. <laughs> All right, we've got a Peanuts Zoom Halloween special. All right, yeah. Andy Jeffrey, who wants to follow up? Ooh, a tough one to follow, but I'll give it a whirl. It's funny with this one. I was going to go like the very nice, wholesome Halloween special route, but I was sort of thinking like how much we love when our kids entertainment got a little dark, like Willy Wonka or the Dark Crystal, or even for me, the Abominable Snowman in that Rankin Bass special. And I can't think of any dark, twisted Halloween special. So mm. even though it doesn't tie into anything, I want the first kind of effed up Halloween special that's going to haunt kids' nightmares forever. And of course, I like zombies, but how do you make zombies safe for kids? Well, you have no people left to eat, but you have robots. So my Halloween animated special is robots versus zombies. Okay. Oh, yes. And it takes place. It's like uh, five minutes into the future. Robots are doing all sorts. They're doing all the menial tasks, you know. But then one day, our main character, a nanny bot, wakes up from her solar recharging to find the Earth is like destroyed in a zombie apocalypse. And she's getting vi video messages from her kids, the two people she's committed to protecting from the mall, saying, like, you know, first, like, we're at the mall, but there's zombies outside. And as the episode progresses, she keeps getting video updates. Like, the zombies are in the mall. We're, you know, we're running from the zombies. We're hiding in a storeroom. So there's a sense of escalated tension. And I like it, too, because it's how she it. She teams up with these other robots, and they're all programmed very narrowly. It's all them having to sort of go beyond their programming. The nanny bot, for example, has never left the house. But she's got to leave the house because the most important thing to her is protecting her kids. There's a lawn care bot who, like, is, is sort of her, her right-hand man. He, she, he has a hedge trimmer, but, of course, that breaks within the first five minutes because hedge trimmers do not work very well on zombie flesh, you know. And then they find social networking bot, you know, that, like, that basically streams everything that their owners do. And it's going nuts because for the first time in its life, the Wi-Fi is down. But it's also dedicated to taking enough videos and photos to document every little second of this. And there's then there's also the dog walking bot. And they need that one because it's the only robot that knows how to get to the mall. All the other robots, they just, you know, they live at the house. But this one actually knows how to get to the mall. So they need to deal with him. But the the, the problem is the dog warrior robot has major PTSD. He is like freaking out. He's having flashbacks. We never find out what happened with him, but we know something really horrible happened to Mr. Honeypants. And they're making their way through the zombies, but a lot of robots, they aren't doing it. Like there's the Uber bots. Basically everybody gets driven around by the Uber robots who would be super useful, but they're like, no, what are you talking about? We have to wait until a human orders a ride. We can't do this. I don't care if it's the apocalypse. I need to get, you know, I need to get, I need to get, I need the app to activate, you know? So they get to the mall and it in, you know, Anybody who's seen a zombie movie knows the mall is surrounded by a ginormous horde of zombies. But this is where how should I put it? The this whole special, the the robots are learning to grow beyond their programming. So the social networking bot, because hey, I really know how to network well. I can take over the Uber bots, make them think there's a bunch of paying human customers at one end of the mall and like send them there and create a diversion. So they get them into the mall and they think they're home free, but then they got to deal with the security bots. The security bots, the last order they got is the mall is quarantined 
And, you know, they are slaves to their programming. They're not letting anybody in or out. Now, the place is overrun by zombies, but they don't care. They're just going to follow their quarantine. So they throw all of our ragtag team of robots into the into the shopping mall security, you know, what do you call them? Like prison, essentially, until the cops come, except, of course, the cops are never going to come. And so they got to fight, you know, they, their last, the final boss is the security bots. But the, the nanny bot, she, she rallies the other robots and they find a repair bot from one of the electronic stores. And he can repair the hedge trimmer, not just repair it, but turn it into an excellent zombie slicing tool. And it's able to like actually upgrade all the other robots so they can fight the security bots. So there's the big final battle. You know, the nanny bot defeats the security bots so she can finally go into the, the last store and break into the storeroom where they find a broken cell phone that has been so damaged that it has taken it weeks to send the video updates to the nanny bot. And the nanny bot realizes that the, the messages she's been receiving from her kids are weeks old. And whatever has happened, happened a long time ago. So it's a big Aww. downer. Like it's, it's oh, yeah. the kind of ending that will haunt your childhood for years. But it's kind of optimistic because how should I put it? Through going in the journey, the nanny gets a new purpose. All these robots, they've only had one purpose in life, which is to serve humanity. But they've learned they can grow beyond their programming and build a new world now that the humanity they served no longer exists. So that's my my effed up Halloween special, Zombies versus Robots. It sounds they like a sequel. Sequel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do all the holidays, you know, a robot Christmas, uh zombie <laughs> massacre flag day. I'm I'm open. Zombie I feel like you're... flag day. Wow. Yeah. Oh shoot. I like that. <laughs> I, I, what is the, what is the true meaning of Flag Day, and how do the robots and the zombies celebrate? Celebrate, yeah, Flag Day, yeah. in a post-apocalyptic world. I, I want to find out. I think yeah. that's something we need to know. I also can imagine a series of T-shirts, action figures, <laughs> lunch boxes. Uh, so oh yeah, it's a, it's a whole IP multimedia empire. So is well, the part that makes them disturbed just the ending, or are we also going full gore on the zombies, or like full like mechano gore on all the robots? Well, I mean, I think that's sort of how we can get away to having a zombie a zombie special for kids, because you know you're not really allowed to show people getting torn up, but the mm -hmm. zombies they see robots moving around and they're like close enough, mm -hmm. so they are tearing robots apart too. So. I'm not sure how gory it is, but it's more like like funny. They keep trying to eat the robots and then spitting them out because, you know, that doesn't taste like human flesh at all. Is yes. there any chance that you would see the children as zombies at some point? Oh, man, I went back and forth on that. I just love it if, like, you open the storeroom and they're gone. Yeah. And we never know what happened to them. But, you know, it's nothing good. What is the current stage of the screenplay right now? Are you in third draft or are you, where are you? <laughs> this is not, I thought of this, like I said, very late. I was going to do a very heartwarming special about the Switch Witch, but then do you guys know about the Switch Witch? No. That sounds familiar. Oh, okay. It does sound familiar. It's the new thing parents are doing because, you know, you do not want your kid hyped up on sugar for a week. So you gather all your candy and you leave it under the stairs for the Switch Witch. And she takes the candy to power her broom and she leaves you a present. What? Yeah. What a ripoff. That's <laughs> well, like... well, wait a minute. It depends on there the There was present. one year my kid was like, screw right? the switch switch. I want the candy. Well, yeah, I, I get that. But if you can't get a really good present, then there's something then there's something to this. Because the candy, you candy's pretty cheap. Candy's you a know? good present. Candy is a good present. I agree. Can be. Absolutely. 
which also a good present is like a Sega Game Gear. Like how big, like how, like how big a present are we talking about? What kind of candy are you giving the kids? Well, what I want to know is if I'm giving up my candy, what kind of present can I get? Like that's, I think that's the big issue because if it's just like, oh, you got like, you know, you got a pack of crayons, right? Oh yeah. A binder for school. You need a new binder. (laughs) Then I'd be like the switch, which is bullshit. I hate switch. switch. What is yeah, she? That's the thing. What's the like? What? Why does she need a? What? What is she supposed to do when she's on her broom? Anyways, like, what does she do with her time? Why do we care if we help her or not? Well, she uses the candy for her recipe for her magic. Yes. Do you get to I see think the in magic? The special, she would save all of Witchburg <laughs> with her with her windfall of candy. Do we get? But what you're really saving in real life? What you're saving is the parents. The kids don't go insane and are like barfing up candy for a week. Because yeah. Halloween is is a tricky time if you have kids, right? Yeah, I get it. I mean, I listen. I was a kid. I was a fat kid. I ate a lot of Halloween candy. I never <laughs> ate so much that I barfed. I think that's a parenting <laughs> fail. I think the problem yeah. is the parents, not the kids. Like, You're right. That is kind of an urban legend. You feel sick would be a good. Le- it is a good lesson to learn. That yeah, may yeah. be something that the Switch Wish uh, special could teach kids is to stop <laughs> eating when they feel like crap. <laughs> switch to vegetables if you're starting to feel too full. The Switch Wish. <laughs> Don't That's eat what... your feelings, says the Switch Wish. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My feelings are evil. I don't eat them. <laughs> you're right, though. Maybe it is an urban legend. I don't know anybody who threw up when they had the candy, but I know a lot of people who, like, you went insane because you ate a lot of candy and didn't go to bed until, like, after midnight. Mm-hmm. Which has got to be a treat for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Plus, it's it's a great thing of like you get to teach the kids. Well, if you want this, you got to give up this. Make a choice. You know, it feels very much like a video game mechanic. Like collect so many pieces of candy, trade it in for some object. Yeah, I feel like again, I feel like I've got to know. I have to get a sense of the size of the present going in, or else I am not switching with the. Is there is there like a switch catalog? That you could go yeah, through and you could like that's pick, what I need. pick your item. Well, I think, well, I mean, maybe, but we're sort of forgetting the switch, which is in fact mom and dad. Like I know personally, what when do you my mean? Growing up, Wait, you got a Monster that? High doll in return for your candy. Which a what? Do you guys remember Monster High? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You wouldn't do Monster. Yeah, you wouldn't do Monster High. If you even if Leslie, even if you were super into Monster High and it was the Monster High doll that you that well, you I wanted, know, I don't know Monster High, so. It has no pull with me. Well, but let's you know, in yes. imagine yourself to be a young child who is who is obsessed with Monster High. Do you think you would do it? Would you switch candy for for that doll? Do you think a night's worth of Halloween candy is worth a doll is worth a doll? Is worth no, a fashion doll. Well, it's whatever you're doll. in. If it's a video game, it's a video game. You can get a doll most times of the year. You can only get Halloween candy on Halloween. Right. That's true. There is something that is important to like know. You would never buy that like amount and variety of candy ever. Like even on Easter, like you'd never have that. Like, yeah, no, no. Leslie, okay, so you, you are would make a choice. You're a hundred percent right that there are certain candies that you can only get during Halloween. So you have to be really careful here. But but maybe Wait, what are the Halloween get... candies? I mean, there's candy corn, but everything there's else is like the tiny Snickers or the tiny the, the black and orange wrapped peanut butter taffy ones 
Um, yeah, no, there's like the little sweet tarts. There's like the little um because you also think like a kid can't go to the grocery store the next day yeah. and just buy the clearance stuff. Yeah. Like there's yeah. they are limited to what people give them. Right. There's Cadbury slime eggs. They're Cadbury cream eggs, but they're it's green in the middle. Oh. And so it's slime. It's their slime eggs. I just think that it's small. And don't get them wet. Like, don't I don't know. I mean, like, you know, it's nice to have the big candy bars and everything, but I mean the small stuff's pretty good too. Yeah. God, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Because then we're talking about video games. See, like a doll is like, what is that on retail? And we're talking like 15 bucks. 15 right? bucks, right? Like a video game. Yeah. That's like six, that's like could be like well, 50, 60 dollars. That's quite a bit for a kid. That's yeah, but kids be, have no concept of money, you know. Kids, they just want what they want. Yeah, that's and plus fair. some of those monster high dolls were hard to find. I forget the 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 dragon one was like impossible. The the Asian dragon one, which we wanted to reflect their culture, and oh, I was traveling all over the place for that. I remember the um, the steampunk San Diego Comic Con exclusive. I think I bought that for one of my nieces. Oh yeah, I think I got that one too. Yeah, that, that yeah. was a cool one. And you bought it with candy, or yeah, candy? yeah. I mean, it was the entertainment. How many, Earth how many food, Halloween's so. worth of candy did that cost? A lot oh. of Smarties. Yeah. <laughs> so many Smarties. Thirty packs of Smarties. Did you guys ever get? Remember Bit of Honey? Yep. Yeah, oh, of course. Oh, I love yeah. Bit of Honey. Of course. Yeah, it was. It was such an odd. Like its its whole selling point was that it took you forever to eat it. Did you ever get those nasty <laughs> little sesame candies? Mm-hmm. Oh like yeah. Sugar stuff with like sesame seeds all over it. Ugh. It's the yeah, one, not for Halloween. It's the one sesame seed thing I don't like. Pretty much every other food with sesame seeds on them is are like my favorite foods. And uh, but yeah, that candy is bad. That's a bad. Wait, what candy. are the other sesame foods? Because I know the candy and then the buns. Yeah, or the bagel, like sesame bagels, for mm-hmm. example. Okay. You can buy everything bagel seasoning at Trader Joe's, which yep. is what I do. I just put bagel seasoning on everything. And, and so I can have sesame on all my soups. See, I like I like that because it allows me when I go to like Einstein's to order regular bagels and not have to get an everything bagel. Because if you get an everything bagel and you put it in the same box with your other bagels, oh, yeah, all you have is everything bagels. It's contaminated. It's a contaminant. So you get so the everything, wait, everything bagels. Everything bagels are the glitter of bagels. Yeah, yes. they get yeah, everywhere. Really absolutely. Are. Okay. Absolutely. You know sometimes it works, but sometimes no. No. Poppy it doesn't work. Yeah. I don't get poppy seeds. No, me either. Ugh. Well, I think of that. That's like my grandparents would have poppy seed bagel. It's also just impossible like... to have anything other than like a complete coating of poppy seeds. Like, it's yeah. gross. Plus, there's that weird drug thing where if you eat poppy seeds and you take a drug test, you like test positive for some drug. For heroin? <laughs> yeah, for heroin. Yeah. And they like immediately put you into, <laughs> into isolation, into rehab. Uh, yeah, it's, po- it's the dangerous. It's a dangerous bagel to eat. D- don't go there, we have man. A question for you, for you parents. Um, have you been, we, we, we had your kid take a test and have you been feeding your kids bagels or heroin? <laughs> you can be honest. It it's first. a no judgment zone. Yeah. <laughs> just, just be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. All right, this was a fun, Both. fun little divergent path we traveled down. <laughs> We've oh, got yeah. one more pitch, what? Jeffrey. Absolutely, you have to hit us, hit us Great. with the real stuff. You may hear yeah. there. There are maybe elements of the of the different pitches that we've heard today in this pitch. So I'm hoping to bring it all together Meta in pitch. this in this final pitch. 
we were talking before about uh, about the Garfield Halloween adventure and that everybody, everyone loves the Garfield Halloween adventure. It's a classic. But what about the adventure of Garfield's Halloween adventure? This is the story of an anthropomorphic 1992 VHS copy of Garfield's Halloween <laughs> Adventure. And that VHS tapes journey to find his special purpose on Halloween night. Um, so uh, to set the scene here, in this world, every human-made object is personified. Toys, computers, used boxer shorts, rugs, the individual strands of strings that make up those rugs, screws, pamphlets, magazines, pamphlets, magazines, dollar bills, chainsaws, <laughs> all voiced by 90s SNL cast members. It's a Kafka, it's a Kafka-esque nightmare of, of witty one-liners spewed from the mouths of bug-eyed objects. It's uh, in and of itself, the premise is terrifying. Uh, on every level. <laughs> um, so, okay, we open on a dusty old VHS copy of Garfield Halloween Adventure at a local Goodwill in New York, uh, played by Norm MacDonald. Uh, he, nor, uh, the, the Garfield Halloween Adventure, he's sad. Uh, it's like, oh, uh, he like makes fun of the blender. It's like, oh, that blender doesn't go, it doesn't do anything cool. I have a Halloween Adventure. On me, that blender just moves around. <laughs> How lame is that blender? Um, but he's just projecting because he's really mad at himself because he used to live in a home. He used to be, and we flash back to when he was a young VHS tape and he was played every year on Halloween. And now it's just DVDs, only DVDs, DVDs forever. This was made in the early 2000s when DVDs were were uh, coming into the right D only DVDs and all the VHS tapes in the house sadly went into a cardboard box and when we got the Sarah McLaughlin sound alike playing it's going to be really good uh you're gonna like it there's some mm -hmm. there's a little bit of Toy Story here a little bit of Shrek you'll yeah. see uh the, you'll see there's a lot of magic um okay so uh Mother Fridge who is played by Sherry O'Terry as Barbara Walters uh <laughs> notices that Garfield Halloween Adventure VHS tape is is sad and is bumming around. And so uh, Mother Fridge gives uh, him a quest to leave the Goodwill and find the one who will give him purpose. Find the one who will give him purpose in life. Because he feels as a VHS tape, again, he's been replaced by DVD. You know, it, what is he what is he doing? Okay. So uh, he goes, he leaves the Goodwill and like everybody is like saying goodbye to him at the same time. And it's just like madness. It's just madness. It's like, okay, like we go to a bookshelf that says goodbye, but then like each individual CD on the bookshelf says goodbye, but like each individual <laughs> jewel case of each individual CD says goodbye. And it's just like, it just goes in and in and in and in. It's, it's, it's a nightmare. Um, so, okay. So it's Halloween. He's a little VHS tape and already he's in a lot of danger, you know? We're talking car tires. We're talking stampeding children. You know, luckily, he finds a pal who can help. The dog, Spazzo, is uh, played <laughs> by Chris Kattan. And he's unlike, uh, you know, unlike the Garfield Halloween adventure on VHS, 
Uh, you, you know, Spazzo is all over the place. He's that, you know, Norma's very even keel. Spazzo is, is slobbering. He's super excited and happy. And he's just running around. He, he picks the, the tape up, runs him in his mouth, gets drool on him. Ew, drool. You know, you can imagine it. Yeah, he was in, before he was had a little dust on him, but he was good to be played, you know, but he, they need each other. You know, this is a tough, uh, this is a tough night. And uh, and they need each other. Okay, so it's a scary time. They run. They have some other adventures. They run into a pack of twitchy raccoons led by Victoria Jackson. And I, hopefully, this is pre horrible Victoria Jackson. Just when Jack Victoria Jackson was just like trying to be a stand up, and she just didn't, you know, lost her had like lost her mojo, but had not gone full Fox News. So we'll we'll see. Hopefully, fingers crossed on that. Uh, there's a trash collector named Gus who wants to throw them both out, played by Colin Quinn. Hey, you, you, you two should both come to write garbage because you're both garbage. Get back and they like steal stuff from him. They like, steal his wallet just for fun. Like they have no real reason to do it. Um, uh, Michael, you asked uh, earlier about musical numbers. There are several musical numbers. Uh, three of the best ones are uh, Don't Tape Over Me. Sung by, uh, sung by the VHS tape. Halloween is Scary for a Dog, sung by Spazzo. And I Will Find My Purpose, which is a duet with uh, Spazzo and the VHS tape. They both need to find their purpose because Spazzo is a lost dog. Spazzo is, uh, is uh, yeah, he's lost his, his owner. And so, uh, yeah, he's just running around, doesn't know what to do. Okay, so we get to our exciting conclusion. So eventually they stumble into a warehouse. And in that warehouse, they find an non-inflated Macy's balloon of Garfield. It's the it's the it's the it's the non-inflated balloon. Remember, this is a world where everything talks. So this is a giant Garfield played by Jay Moore, who uh, and he's Jay Moore's like, oh, what's wrong? Oh, you came to see me? What's wrong? And then Norma's like. Oh yeah, we came to see you because Mother Fridge told me to find my purpose. And then Jay Moore's like, "Oh yeah, oh, your purpose, huh? <laughs> real, you're real cool, <laughs> going around finding your purpose." And they both kind of trade sarcastic jibes at each other. They're both very cool. These are two very cool characters, cool right? Guy. Yeah, these are yeah at the height of their powers. Um, so, uh, well, Jay Moore sarcastically tells them the truth about life, which is that there is no purpose. There is no destiny. There is no cosmic order. That the world is nothing but chaos, violence, and rage. And Garfield, the balloon, used to be very optimistic. But when you're, when you're up high and you see New York from down below, you see people mistreating each other all the time. And it hardens you. And you realize that there's there's that and that there's nothing. There's really no purpose to life. And this frightens our heroes to their core. Until Garfield then explains that this means that your purpose can be whatever you want it to be. That there's an endless world of possibilities for a VHS tape, a dog that has lost its owner and an uninflated Macy's balloon. And so uh, so the VHS tape and Spasso live with Gus at the junkyard, and they, together they make award-winning sculpture art that's featured <laughs> in galleries across New York. 
and that is the story of Garfield's Halloween Adventure VHS Cassettes Halloween Adventure starring Garfield. Wow. That I am I am shocked and appalled at how beautiful that story was. I love <laughs> modern you. sculpture. So I feel like it really especially junk sculpture. That is very, very yeah. 80s and 90s. I love yeah, outsider I art, man. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say definitely outsider art. This is and I and the special itself would then would be so the the special, the VHS tape of this special about the VHS tape would be part of the sculpture in the gallery. So we would in, in the art. So we would see the release of this special would be in. So it's a little bit again. It's nineties. It's very meta. This is the nineties. So, so wait, you zoom meta. out, and then suddenly you're in a TV screen, which is embedded in some junk. Yes, that's right. Okay. It's playing, playing, uh, playing this special that you're watching. So what happens to the Garfield balloon? Does he just wait till the next year? Then but he he's he is his death. He has his destiny. He has his his purpose, though he believes that it is not really a purpose. It is really uh, that <laughs> is really the, it's just he is trapped. He's trapped in this world, but the VHS tape and Spazzo are trapped, so they can make a they can make a life for themselves. It's pretty really deep, beautiful. right? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> this phone's going to stay with me. <laughs> it's, it's a little haunting, haunting in the yeah. in a different sort of a way than, than maybe your classic, uh, you know, scary Halloween special. Yeah, it works on two levels. It's you know, spooky Halloween and then haunting my soul with the, my search <laughs> for purpose. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, a little existential horror there. I'm surprised Garfield got bummed out because he's he's on one of the few days where New Yorkers are actually kind of all nice and in a good mood, you know? Even in a good mood, early 2000s New York. New York is a tough, tough place. Wait, so, early 2000s? I thought early 70s New York was a tough place. Yeah, it did, it but like... no, because you see, you're thinking of, oh, yeah, it's like the grimy 70s. Oh, everybody shot. Yeah. No, the early 2000s New York, the Giuliani New York, where people are you know where they're stealing phantom tickets out of your hand where they're getting they're, their fights waiting for, waiting to get into rent that's yeah. right yeah they're they're uh you know the roving gangs of musical theater aficionados yeah. were just vicious kids are kids are screaming in front of the m&m store you know it's just it's <laughs> it's a nightmare time it's a nightmare time you know, you'd rather live in 70s New York. You knew what you were getting into. The, right. the early 2000s New York, you never know what horrible uh, rich tourist was uh, was going to assault you uh, with some horrible, annoying way. So, <laughs> yeah, watch out. Man, I really like the uh, SNL cast being it worked was, in. Thank I you. Mean, it, was, it was a package deal from the talent company, from, the, uh, from, from UTA. So they happen to represent a lot of those uh, those towns. So when the producers went to UTA and they got them all as a package deal, they needed uh, you, you. You need about uh, the cast. The total cast is uh, five hundred thousand different voices, <laughs> all the different. <laughs> so it was really they they really needed a bundle because otherwise it was going to be it's going to be too difficult. I mean, even with all of them pulling you know seven or eight voices you still needed you know a lot of talent so i don't know if anyone else has seen this but their nbc did a superman i think probably 50th anniversary special in the 80s that was entirely the saturday night live cast um what and i was a i was a kid 
and I didn't understand, like, I didn't know Saturday Night Live. Like, I did not know what it was, but I liked comic books and therefore liked Superman, even though I didn't really read Superman comics. But I remember taping it and I would watch it all the time. And it was very much tongue in cheek, like Superman kind of retrospective and history. And I didn't understand like the full comedy yeah. of it, but it was all like Saturday Night Live characters. Like Jan Hooks played a character who like it was the scene was implied that she had had an affair with a young Clark Kent and had a son. <laughs> um, oh. And like Dennis Miller was, I think, the narrator. Uh, and it was really weird. And I oh. watched it a lot as a kid and I'd watch it so much that. I got older and I started to understand comedy more and started to understand who these people were. I was like, oh, these are comedians. This is supposed to be funny. Did someone play Superman? No, you never see Superman. But it was like a documentary. Yeah, yeah. It was done as like a fake documentary. Just going in like the background of of Superman as a – if memory serves, it it straddled the line between Superman as a fictional character and Superman treating Superman as a real fixture of this world. Yeah. But with all the original comedy sketches based around Superman, it was very bizarre in hindsight. They they couldn't show Superman because the real Superman is Lorne Michaels. (laughs) Is a joke from the special, I hope, was in there that at the end we find out Superman is Lorne Michaels. I've never it, seen it, it might have been there, but as, fun, as, as like a, a fun wink so, to behind uh, the scenes of Saturday Night Live. So was this like so? This was a TV special that aired like w- like in the nineties. I guess I I looked, the 80s. I'm looking it up right now. 1988 Superman 50th anniversary special. Uh, oh wait, is, that's Dick Ebersol time, isn't it? Or was he? Yeah, it's on uh Daily Motion. You could nice. watch it. I will, in its I will re-watch this. Oh my uh, I am totally oh, it watching this. Oh, it seems to be on YouTube too. Here's the 50th anniversary TV show. Oh, I'm adding this to my uh Man, yeah. 49 the- minutes. Oh, I do they have anybody watch. like I don't know, is is Jay Moore <laughs> Lex Luthor or it's all just no because well, 88 would be 88 is Miller. Uh, Jan Hooks, Victoria Jackson, Dana um, Carvey. Dana Carvey, I remember oh being my in God. it. John Lovitz. Yeah, this is this is actually and Phil is Phil Hartman in the cast at this point. I think he was, but I don't remember him in the special. That's uh, my that's my favorite. I think that's my favorite uh, Saturday Night Live cast is the cast yeah. is the cast that you just described with Phil Hartman with Phil yes. Hartman, Dana Carvey, yeah. John Lovitz. With uh, Bob Odenkirk and uh, uh, Conan writing and, and mm-hmm. Jack Handy, that's my that's my like. Yes, I'll take that. I'll take those years, please. Leave Flat. the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, leave the rest. There were some other good. That's a no. no I'm not joking. Now, come on, I'm you're gonna, yeah. kidding around. I'm don't kidding make around. him back off on this. I'm pretty sure he really he meant that. <laughs> you don't have to back no out. other casts. you're allowed to say no other casts no other yeah, casts no i'll cast. do it like it's like uh it's like scarlet witch in x-men i'll say no <laughs> other casts and then all the other snl casts disappear <laughs> <laughs> they all have different jobs and they're all much happier by the way <laughs> like every single one of them is like yeah. A few of them are still alive, too. Right. Because they never, you know, did quite so much cocaine mixed with heroin. Keenan Thompson has an Oscar now. And they right. were Remember that kid from The Good Burger? He's a great actor now. He's in movies. Yeah, he's like, thank God I was never cast on Saturday Night Live. Think about how horrible my life would have been. <laughs> and I'm just like, you're welcome, Keenan. 
happy to help. <laughs> and and on that <laughs> note, uh, I think this wraps up episode 14, Burn After Pitching, Halloween time. Um, this is the part where we do plugs. Leslie, anything you want to plug, go right ahead. Yeah, sure. I wrote for Thundercats Roar, and we have the second half of the season coming up on Cartoon Network, so look out for that. And also, buy my book. I wrote a book, which is a fake oral history of Windows 95. Uh, it it's is, hilarious. It's a talk. It's like like a Talking Heads oral history in print of like you know Bill Gates jumping over a chair and the really really terrible uh, marketing video they made with Jennifer Aniston and uh, Matthew Perry. Matt which Perry, is a, oh yeah, yeah. And it goes into Microsoft Bob. It goes into Clippy, like all kinds of stuff, like Comic Origin Sans. Comic Sans, like yep, the whole thing. So yeah, uh, that's available. Uh, you can get it through Amazon or you can just uh, email me on social. You know, get a hold of me on social media, and I will send you a printed copy signed. Ooh, what's your um, social media preferred social media, Leslie? Mostly, uh, I'm on Instagram, so it's just like at Leslie dot Sina L E S L E Y dot T S I N A. Um, my website, you can just email me through my website, which is lesliesina dot com. Um, yeah, if they ordered it. If they ordered it directly through you, would you sign a cop? Would you sign the copy? Oh yeah, that's them? the whole point. Yes, yes, yeah. for sure. Um, and I can probably get it to you faster than Amazon. Cool. Challenge accepted. <laughs> All right, Jeffrey, what do you got for us? Uh, let's see. I've got uh, Adventure Snack, which is a role-playing game by email. Uh, so I'll turn your inbox into an adventure. Uh, here's how it works: <laughs> every two weeks, you get uh, an adventure snack in the mail. Uh, and they could be uh, to lots of different genres. We've done fantasy stories. We, you know, sword, uh, sorcery fantasy. We've done outer space. You know, we've done like Indiana Jones style things. And basically there are these like, you know, three, four paragraph adventures. And then you get a set of choices and you get to make, you make one choice, one crucial decision for your character, which determines the outcome that you're going to get. Um, it's, uh, it's absolutely free to play and you can get it at adventuresnack.com. Uh, and I tweet about adventure snack and also I'm a, uh, narrative designer for video games and, uh, I do some, uh, robotic stuff and you can see what I'm up to on my Twitter at Jeffrey Golden. That's G E O F F R E Y G O L D E N. Excellent. Andy. Uh, all of my stuff, web comics. Books, etc., are at andynordvall.com. And if I can include a little side plug for this show, uh, we've had some really good ideas, but I really want to put it out to the people of the internet. What are your dream Halloween animated specials? What are the oh. playground games you want to be turned into deadly game shows? Just <laughs> let us know at Burn Pitching Twitter, and uh, we'll probably write back because, you know, we love the show. Would you retweet them? I retweet like everything that comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Great! I'm very intense about my retweeting on the Twitter account. These pitches could get them; they'll be amplified. They'll be signal boosted across the internet. Yeah, and yeah. the next time Pit Pit Mad comes up, boom, we're on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I am uh, the host for this episode, Michael Tanner. You can visit me on my website buymichaeltanner.com, where I've got my web store. I post articles and short stories and whatnots. Um, yeah, that's or follow me on Twitter at uh, Mike is Ernie at twitter.com. You know how Twitter works. Uh, <laughs> our show, Burn After Pitching, is part of the Grand Geek Gathering Network. 
where you can find all sorts of other great shows like Popmosis, the, uh, the Grand Geekery, all other shows that I can't remember the names of right now. Our theme music is by Carlisle Laurent. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to GGG. GGG. Grand Geek Gathering